Luke chapter 21. I'll give you the um, verses here in just a few minutes. But, you know, today, um, you know, today's day and age, we hear this word hope thrown around a lot. Um, you know, politicians, books, other media, they talk about hope, but nothing that we hear in regards to hope ever seems to last, does it? Like we might have hope in some situation or hope in the economy or hope in something else. And, and it literally, um, whether it's something or someone, it ends up letting us down, this hope that we have. And by and large, the church in America really talks about um, hope. And sometimes it's it, you can leave uh, church feeling like you just had an awesome halftime speech. You are fired up full of hope. And you walk out of that church and you are ready to roll. And you're excited and, and all of a sudden it doesn't last. And because we're not playing a game. You know, we don't need a halftime motivation to get us through the next two quarters. Like we need literally hope that changes us. That, that lasts even when things don't seem hopeful at all. And we may even find ourselves refreshed for a season, but what's offered doesn't work, and what we experience as far as hope begins to fade away. We are designed to crave hope. That's who we are. And we spend our money and our energy trying to get hope, trying to just feel better, don't we? Maybe it's a prayer, maybe it's a counseling session. Maybe you left here one day and was like, that was the best sermon Jesus ever preached. And I feel so good. And then about 13 minutes later, you're like, well, that was terrible. But anything that brings us hope, we, we want to be a part of. Well, if that's you, and I'm going to guess it is because I think that's just us by our very nature. If that's you, today is a great day to be here. Because this Sunday is the first Sunday of what is called Advent. Advent is the four weeks that lead up to Christmas. It's a tradition that dates back to the early 400s. And it was all about reminding and preparing their hearts for the upcoming Christmas day. And in this preparing, it's really this preparing for a second arrival. And so we, we do this whether we know it or not, because sometimes we like are preparing and, and maybe we don't understand it, why we're singing these songs or why we're putting up a Christmas tree or why there's a wreath or why we even give gifts. I mean, if we really look at those things, we really see like how tradition has used those things to really point to the Christmas story. And because what it means when it comes to Advent, it means to come, to arrive. And so we have uh, deemed this next couple of weeks what is behind me, which doesn't really sound like good English, does it? But I think you think it, as you read it, it'll make sense. Advent this year, as we look at it, is going to be living in the in-between. Because we are living in between the first arrival of Christ and anticipating his second arrival. And over time, one of the traditions that was added was the, the Advent wreath, which the Zemers family 
did. And each week there's a lighting of the candle in an effort to remind us every time this year, the fact that those candles represent as this week was hope. Next week, as we light that candle, it'll be peace. The week after that will be love. Then it'll be joy. And those are all those things that are reminding us that this is what is possible because of the middle candle, and that is the Christ candle, because we are preparing our hearts for his second return. It reminds us of his first coming and prepares us for his second arrival. So if you're in here today and you just need some hope, you come to the right place. So let me pray for us. And then we're going to read a passage of scripture that you'll be like, I thought you were talking about hope. You'll see why I mean that in a minute. So let's pray. Lord, this morning, as we begin Advent, as we enter into this season uh, leading up to Christmas, we're so many churches um, this morning are, are doing what we're doing. How fun is that, that all over the world people are lighting these Advent wreaths. They're, they're reading some of the very passages that we'll be reading over the next few weeks. And, and in the midst of this, we also recognize that we come to you, and maybe some of us come to you with very little hope in our lives right now. And so my prayer for all of us, Lord, is that we would experience hope like never before because of you. And as we continue to go on, that we would experience peace like never before because of you, love like never before because of you, joy like never before because of you, all because of you, Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God who's already come once. And we're waiting in the in-between now for your next arrival. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're able to, we'd love for you to stand with us. If not, that's okay. And we're going to be uh, in Luke chapter 21, beginning in verse 25. And this section is entitled, The Coming of the Son of Man. And there will be signs and sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up. And raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Verse 29, the lesson of the fig tree. And Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out and leave, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Verse 34, watch yourselves. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dispensation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. 
but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Amen. You be seated. Well, that's a fun Christmas reading. I mean, that's brutal. You're like, isn't this Advent? Didn't you just say something about hope and how, you know, that we're even pray that we would be full of hope like we've never been filled with hope. But should we be reading about pleasant things? The manger, you know, uh, angels, baby Jesus, all those things. What was the, uh, never mind, I'm not going to say that. I thought of a joke, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. (laughs) But what we just read, what we just read is as real as the manger we want to hear about. It is as real as the angels that we will read about in the Christmas story as well. It is real as the shepherds coming that first Christmas night because we are, as we read in these things, we are troubled with conflict, all of us. There is conflict among the nations. There is conflict among people. And not only are we troubled with conflict that's out there, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's this, but maybe you're troubled with the questions that we just can't answer. Questions like, if God is good, why did what happened at Walmart and Chesapeake happen? Why didn't God protect the UVA football players? Questions that just kind of pop in our mind. Things like, couldn't God have prevented that? Or, or maybe even a question like, why am I sad? Why can't I just feel different? Why do I feel the way I do? Because I really don't want to feel the way I do. I want to feel completely different. See, what we just read, as brutal as that is, that is, that is reality. We all have conflict We all have things going on in our lives. And the reason what we read is actually real to us today is because of this. There is darkness in what we just read. And there is darkness now. It was all around them then. And darkness is all around us now. They waited and hoped for a Savior then. And we wait and hope for a Savior to return now. And when we think of darkness, we often may think of things like evil, sin, Satan. You you might even think, when I think of darkness, I think about the fact that Jesus is rescuing me from the darkness. You might even think uh, the truth about uh, the scriptures is that darkness has no hold on us. And those are all true. They, They are. I mean, John 1, 5, it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That's awesome. Is that great or what? Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14 says this. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred to us the kingdom of his beloved son. Well, that's good news. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. All of those things are true. And while those verses are 100% true, while it is 100% true that ultimately darkness does not win, though it's also true as Christians that darkness 
does not have a hold on us, it is also 100% true that there is still darkness all around us. And as we wait for Jesus' return, until that day actually happens once and for all, for the last time, there will be confusion and anxiety. We will crave hope. We will suffer. We will experience grief. We will have fear. We will have worry. And this type of darkness does not ultimately win, but it does not mean it doesn't creep into our lives. Darkness at times can overtake us. It doesn't win, but it really can wreck things in our life. So how do we live in a world of darkness as we wait? How do we wait well for Jesus' return? I love how the last verse says it here. I think it's verse 36. Uh, let's see my... But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place. Like it's a promise, it's going to happen. And to stand before the Son of Man. I mean... What an amazing place to be in the midst of us living that we are ready when God returns. I always lived in fear, you know, uh, as a new believer, young, that I'd be doing the wrong thing when Jesus showed up. And so all these girls that flirted with me in high school. But seriously, like I would constantly like be in a situation that was tempting and I was just like, well, what if Jesus comes back right now? I don't want to be caught doing this. And, and that, that lasted good for a while. And then I was just like, I don't care. Like, that's exhausting. Like, if you are just excited about him coming back, that's plenty. Because God will take that and he will develop that hope in you so that you will, even though we are literally surrounded by darkness, we can live well because the way we're living is in hopeful expectation of his return. That's what Advent is about. Do you know that the church calendar worldwide actually starts today? This is kind of like January 1st in the church calendar, so to speak. It's the beginning of the church year. Isn't that beautiful that the church fathers and mothers like figured that out? Like, hey, we're going to need a reminder, so why don't we just make Christmas kind of like how we kick things off? And so here we are talking about hope. If you want to live in a world surrounded by darkness, the best way to do that is to live in a hopeful expectation of the return of Jesus as we live in the in-between. Because he is coming back. But you know, one of the best things, in my opinion, is the fact that it's not just waiting with hopeful expectation for his return, though it is. That is the motivator. That is the fuel, so to speak. But we also get to acknowledge and live in the fact that not only are we waiting for him to show up in the future, we get to hopefully wait for him to show up in our everyday lives. That he will show up in the here and now of our lives, that we will experience hope 
in the here and now. And that's what's so beautiful about following Jesus, that he is coming back, but he loves you enough to not just go, I'll see you later. No, he says, I want to see you like yesterday. I want to see you every day because he wants to work in you now. You see, Advent is a great time to begin. Or maybe to begin again. Like maybe you have tried everything to live a life with hopeful expectation that not only is God going to show up one day, but like how boring of a life would it be that we're like, God's going to show up one day and until then, it's just going to be terrible. Like this is just going to not be a fun life. And I don't mean like fun, like every Christian has fun. Like if that was the case, everybody would be a Christian. <laughs> but like we, we don't have fun sometimes, let's be honest. But this is like waiting with hopeful expectation that he is going to do a work in me today. I don't have to wait for that. As a matter of fact, as, as you read through these things, he's like, you're going to see things. Like, you're going to like see the world kind of change in front of your eyes. And, and I'm just letting you know that that means things are happening. I love the scene in um, uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, like when they're coming towards Aslan's camp, the, the, the kids. And they're being led by the Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. And they're showing up, and literally as they're, they're approaching, like they're starting to see like the frozen river and lake is starting to like break up because it's getting warmer. And, and they, they, they pass by these frozen trees and they see these trees are shaking off the, the frost and starting to bloom again. That's really like a picture of our lives, like without hope, without Christ, we, we live frozen, dead lives. And with him, you can live a life that is living like it should. And yes, you will sin and yes, you will mess up because guess what? It is what time now? 1055. I've blown it a bunch already this morning. Yeah, you come and load all this stuff out of here. Tell me if you aren't sinful, all right? Those are the times that I know when I know the Lord, because like what comes in here doesn't always come out here. I'm like, oh, man. And then people hear me say certain things and they're like, wow, I can't believe it. I'm like, if you knew it was in here first, that's that's just, you know, what came out like that. Hopeful expectation is all about knowing that God, yes, he is going to return. Jesus is coming back once and for all for good. But you actually might not see that this side of heaven. Nobody knows when that's going to happen. But what I do know, what I can tell you with hard evidence because it's been true of me and I've seen it true of other people, is that you can live a life full of hope. Now, because God is constantly changing. I love what Romans 15 verse 13 says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy 
and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. When you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you. And as He, God the Spirit, comes and lives in you, He begins to change you. And the way that you see life now will be different as you grow in this hopeful expectation over the years. Because living in expectation, Advent gives us this beautiful opportunity. It gives us this opportunity to practice waiting for Jesus for his final return, but it actually gives us the opportunity to celebrate his ongoing work in us. hoping and waiting for him to work in our lives, experiencing him in the here and now, waiting for him to move and intervene in the places that you need them most. Before we pray, I just have a couple of quick questions for us, me included. Because we are all waiting on him whether we know it or not. Even the person that you feel is furthest away from him is created and designed to be waiting on him, to to wait for him to work. So what are you waiting on him for right now? Maybe a better way to ask it would be, where do you need him most? Where do you need God to show up like he did that one day a couple thousand years ago when Jesus came to us in the form that nobody would have expected? A baby. Born of a virgin. So that God who shows up is all God and all man. Experiencing everything that you and I experience, every temptation, every dark day, every sad moment, yeah, Jesus himself experienced all that too. Yet because he is also God, he was without sin. He chose to follow and live a life that we are created to live and that one day we will on the other side of heaven. But because of the fact that he loves us, he didn't want us to just wait to experience that hope years and years and years from now. He says, no, I'm going to live in them. They will be my people. And I will do a work in them. And because I'm doing a work in them, they will have more hope. And those people will be the best communicators of hope because they are experiencing hope in their very lives. Because I will live in them. And they don't have to wait for me to return one day to experience me. Although they will experience the fullness of me one day. Folks, we get to experience them in the here and now. And that is what we pray for you and ourselves.
here at Christ Community Church this Advent season.